Welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach, Coach Marks Figuera. And Coach, we are about to dive in and talk about the exciting and big-time win this last Friday. How are things going? How was the weekend? Oh, weekend was good. I mean, you know, Bob, when when you win, that if you just play a single game on the weekend and you win, it uh, just makes everything a little bit better for the rest of the weekend. And, you know, full out of the ordinary um, to play on a Friday night. You know, generally we're going to play on a Saturday afternoon, but uh, that's how the schedule worked. And so we made for a fun Saturday, caught football, caught some Briarcliff soccer, you know, watch some college football, and, you know, we got back at it um, Sunday getting ready for the next week. Yeah, and we're going to dive right into it, talking about the big week ahead and, and the previous game because we got a, a an awesome guest joining us here. So let's just dive into it. Going back to this last Friday, first home game of the season, playing preseason rank number seven, William Penn, a team we talked about on last week's podcast. We knew we were going to have an absolute battle coming to us, coming to Newman Flanagan Center going to be like you always like using the boxing references. One of those grug matches, hey, you're not going to come out in the first, second round and, and throw a haymaker or a right hook and land. It's going to be a couple jabs of the body and a couple blows and you're going to wear them down. And yeah, holy smokes, that was the case Friday because came away with a massive 85-77 win against a really good William Penn team. Coach, top to bottom, offensively, you look at the numbers, very efficient. Had to feel really good with how the guys came back and responded last Friday night. You, you talk offense there, Bobby, and, and, you know, we talked last week, that first weekend, we did not shoot the ball well. And, you know, it, it was disappointing and it was frustrating. It's not really something I was worried about because we have too many good shooters, you know, to for that to be a trend. We came out and you know, I think we were 10 in the first half and, you know, ended in the 40% somewhere. And, you know, a guy like Nick Hoyt got it going for us. Jaden Klein-Hessling hit a couple threes. Connor Groves hit a couple threes. And sometimes it's just contagious. You know, one guy gets going and, you know, a couple other guys get going. And, and that that was really the case um, from the offensive end. But I think if, you know, you look at the game and the big picture, you know, there were some things that, that we definitely could have done better. But – you know, really good defensive effort from our guys. Um, you know, we were outsized at a couple different positions, and, you know, William Penn had a couple guards who were really fast in the open floor, and we knew they were going to put a lot of pressure on us, you know, in transition particularly, but also on the boards. And, you know, yeah, we gave up some points here and there. Yeah, we gave up some offensive rebounds. But all in all, we did a pretty good job, um, particularly when we when we guarded in the half court. I thought our guys were really dialed in and, and – uh, you know, we were able to force a lot of turnovers, which that's been a, a pretty positive trend through three games as we've, we've been really active and aggressive and able to force some turnovers. Yeah, and something I noticed, too, that we touched on last podcast is when we were up in Madison, uh, more so in the presentation game, but a little for both, kind of those last two, three minutes of the first half and the game maybe not closing the way you'd have liked. And that was something I noticed right away against William Penn. I mean, you look at halftime, we're up 12, 43, 31, and, and had pretty good control at that point. And those last three and a half, kind of four minutes, I thought we did a good job of keeping the foot uh, down the pedal and, and making sure that we didn't give up going into the half. Yeah, we got a couple big stops late there. Um, 
made a couple shots, obviously, too, and that that always helps. But, you know, I, I kind of felt like – I'll even go back a little further. I thought about the maybe 10, 11-minute mark of the first half. We just – we kind of put on a – it ended up being like a really long – it wasn't a huge run, but it was really long where we kind of took control of the game and and stole a lot of momentum as we headed into halftime. And, you know, ultimately I would say that was the difference in the game above anything else. I mean, you look at the second half, they, they won the second half, um, you know, and it was kind of back and forth. And, you know, they cut our lead to two on two different occasions. And, you know, I was just really happy with how our guys responded. You know, there's a couple times where, Maybe I should have, could have, would have called a timeout. But, you know, you look out on the floor and we got five seniors or four seniors and a junior. And, you know, we're just going to trust those guys to to work through it themselves. And and I don't want to have to call a timeout every time a team goes on a six to two run or a, an eight to four. You know what I mean? And so just kind of having that maturity to, to let the guys kind of work through it on their own, um, even when, you know, a couple of different times in the game William Penn went to his own defense which you know it's not something we see a ton it's it's you know definitely not something offensively we practice every single day um but just adjusting to that and and finding a way to get a couple good shots you know Nick Hoyt hit a huge three right in front of our bench you know maybe five minutes left in the game and you know that's just a credit to our guys for kind of adjusting on the fly and and taking what the other team gives you yeah, and last Friday night against William Penn was able to do a f- few things that we didn't do in Madison, which was defensively just getting those three stops in a row, getting that kill. So on the defensive end was big time in that sense. And you just look at the box score, such balanced scoring. I mean, we had five guys in double figures. And, and here's the thing, not one of those guys in double figures was leading scorer coming into the game, Kyle Borhave. So, I mean, offensively, when any given night you can have five guys cross the board, getting the double figures it's a pretty scary offense to defend yeah and you know Kyle didn't score on Friday like he did last weekend um but you know I think he had five assists he had four in the first half and you know when you when you come into a game average 23 a game you're going to draw some attention and and he does such a good job as a passer you know whether it's kick out threes or cutters coming off his post-ups um, he just did a really good job, and and even though he, I think he scored six points is all, you know, he had a massive impact on the game still, and I think that's a sign of a, of a good team, of a of a balanced team, and again, I'll come back to of a mature team where, you know, our leading scorer didn't do much offensively from a scoring standpoint, and we were able to get a win, and that's, you know, that speaks to the balance we have, and that it's a luxury for sure. Yeah, and that leading scorer from Friday night being Nick Hoyt with 23 points. It was a great bounce-back game for him. I know he's probably going to be his own worst critic and just tell you, hey, those first two games in Madison, probably not the way that he wanted to start the year, but what a big boy response from him coming out, shooting the ball really well, was very efficient, 7 of 9 from the field, 5 of 7 from behind the three-point line, finished at 23, so that was huge. And then right behind him, senior, Jaden Klein has like 18 points, and then you go down, Quinn VC 13, Connor Groves 10, and then off the bench, Matt Stillwell came in with a, a really nice boost and lift of the bench, not only on the offensive end of the floor with 13, but on the defensive end as well, just making sure they get some big-time stops against those guards who are a little bit bigger. So 
that balanced scoring attack is huge. And that's just a testament to the guys that just grind that have been able to play together. And one of those things too, that you mentioned when you were talking about a coach, yeah, they can fill up the stat sheet on the offensive side of the ball, but they can really get down to it and, and cause some problems on the defensive end too. Yep. For sure. And, you know, guy like, like Nick Hoyt, um, you know, he, it's not the first time he had back-to-back games where he didn't shoot it up to his standards, um, you know, and he just – he's reliable. You know he's going to bounce back. And, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to be our guest here in a little bit. And, um, you know, Nick, Nick Nick's one of the more elite three-point shooters I've ever been around. Just his consistency. Um, I mean, his form, the way he gets his feet set. I mean, he, he he's elite when it comes to college basketball three-point shooters. And, you know, I think the thing, and this is a, a testament to him, you know, he, he's developed as a more all-around player than anybody probably gives him credit for. Um, you know, and he's, you know, he's 5'11 with his shoes on. He's not going to be the quickest guard on the floor. But his instincts offensively, um, you know, he – he's a master of our offense and what we want to do. You know, he always makes the right read, always makes the right cut. Um, you know, for a guy that's 5'11", he scores a lot of layups just because he knows how to exploit a defense um, and make the right cut at the right time. And, and I think even probably more underrated is, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be just a lockdown one-on-one defender, but he doesn't give up a lot of points. You know, he's always in the right spot. Um he always played in a stance. He's a great communicator. And, you know, that's just a, a credit to him. And that's something he's taken pride in since he's been here. And so I, I was really happy for him to see him bounce back with a big game. You know, and then everybody else, like I said, that kind of becomes contagious. And, you know, Stillwell's just a guy that's going to bring us a spark off the bench. That's the way he plays. Um, he's a really good defender, really good getting to the basket. So, you know, all in all, you know, just I was really happy with our guys. Um, we had to we had to battle some some adversity. You know, our idiot head coach got a technical that gave William Penn a couple points. Um, you know, they made some runs, and we knew they would. We talked about it at halftime. You know, I just I didn't think they were a team that we were just going to roll over and, and blow out in the second half. So we knew that was coming, and just guys stepping up. And when we really needed a big stop, we got it. When we really needed a big basket, we got it. And that's that's how you win basketball games against really good teams. And a big win it was this last Friday, like we said, coming away with a nice 85-77 win in the season opener against preseason rank number seven, William Penn. And then, Coach, we immediately turn our focus to this week because we got two more home games, which is great. But we got some big-time games coming ahead here this week. And let's start on Tuesday, a team that we're familiar with once again. Another non-conference game, got Mount Mercy coming to town. And and last time we played at Mount Mercy last year, lost by five to them. Uh, so we got a team coming in that we kind of got a little bad taste in our mouth from last year. Non-conference-wise goes, played them quite a bit. They are no stranger to Briar Cliff. Really good basketball team coming to the Flanagan here on Tuesday night. Yeah, they're, you know, we went down there last year and, and – you know, we trailed most of that game, made a couple pushes, um, ultimately got beat. And, you know, they, they like a couple of the other teams we played already this year, they have a lot of different guys playing. They graduated a good amount of guys. 
Um, they're a good team. They're one and one on the year. Uh, beat Waldorf, lost to St. Ambrose on the road. And, uh, you know, they present some problems. They, they really play fast, you know, not all that different from a couple other teams we've already played, but offensively they run some good stuff. They run, they run some Princeton offense stuff. They have some bigger guards. They're going to post. Um, they're going to really attack you downhill on the drive. They're going to keep pressure on your defense. And, you know, it's just one of those games where game planning wise, there's a couple tweaks we're going to make here and there for, for our defense, but it really comes down to, are we dialed in on the fundamentals? Are we seeing the ball? Are we moving with the pass? Are we anticipating and communicating screens and cuts as they happen so we can switch or not switch? Um, but they're a good team. Um, you know, they're leading scores, averaging 24 a game, six, seven kind of wing forward type. Um, and he, you know, he presents some issues. You know, our, our, our wings and forwards are all six, two, six, three, and, and he's six, seven. So we're going to give up some size, but, um, you know, we're just going to need to be ready to go. And it, it comes down to, and, and one of the things I should have said about last week in the William Penn game is, you know, anybody who's been around college basketball or maybe sports in general knows there's a direct correlation between how you practice and how you play. And it, it doesn't mean, you know, you can't ever have an off day of practice. But, you know, last week our guys were pretty focused um, and they didn't have much of a choice to be either. But uh, we got after them a little bit. We challenged them. And we've strung together four really good days of practice. And, you know, now the last two days as we prepare for Mount Mercy, we've strung together two pretty good days of practice. And as you build those habits, that's what carries over to games. And so, yeah, every game you're going to have your adjustments you're going to make both sides of the ball. But the fact of the matter is it comes back to what are your daily habits? That's what you're going to fall back on. You know, because in the moment, in the heat of competition, you're going to make mistakes specifically when it's a game plan specific mistake. Like we're not going to go out and be perfect executing our game plan. We're going to make mistakes. And so what are those fundamentals you fall back on? What are the daily habits you fall back on? And that's, that's been our challenge for the last week. Now, really, that's what we're trying to build with this team. And that's, that's going to help us immensely tomorrow. If we can fall back on that. You know, coach, we're, we're never going to overlook a team and, and look at the next game. But the second game of the week here, you look on Saturday and a team that, I guess, just frankly, hey, first GPAC game of the season, no GPAC game is easy, really nice that we get to play that first run home. And Concordia Bulldogs come to town, and I know program and a coach, Coach Limbeck, that you got a lot of respect for. I know myself when I was coaching, was able to learn a lot more about him and develop and still have a lot of respect for him and the things that he's done with that program down there as of recent. And, and Coach, really good ball club coming to the Flanagan on Saturday once again in Concordia and a team that we shared the GPAC title with last year, had two uh, really good games them last year. One of them, unfortunately, was on the short end of the buzzer beater, uh, but the other one at home that we, for the most part, kind of controlled kind of the whole way and felt good about the whole time. But a Concordia team that comes in Saturday, most people might not recognize a whole lot of names that are coming back from this year's team because they did graduate a good amount of guys that were productive and efficient with their offense last year and their team. But a couple guys coming back that caused a lot of problems, really good fundamental basketball players. 
and a really good Concordia team coming to the Flanagan here on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, as we record this, they're 2-0 and on the year. Um, you know, they, they lost a couple of really good players, a couple multi-time all GPAC players. Um, but I tell you what, you look at their roster, like it's it's pretty good. You know, you got a guy in, in Noah Shutt who was an all-conference, second-team all-conference player a year ago um, and really came on the back half of the year. He was he was on the all-national tournament team. Uh, you know, they made a run um, into the Elite Eight last year. and I mean, he was one of the best players in the national tournament. Um, you know, they have a point guard in A.J. Watson who's veteran, experienced, really fast in the open floor. Gage Smith is a fifth-year guy, plays a forward spot for him. And then they've got, I mean, they've got multiple shooters, so they're they're going to be really good. Um, we know that's going to be a battle, um, you know, and and you know this, Bobby, and I probably say this every year, but when you when you flip that switch and you get to conference play, everything's magnified. The intensity, the attention to detail you have to play with, um, you know, I can go down the line, but everything gets just a little bit magnified, and the you know the environment's going to be electric because our student section is awesome shout out student section um but uh you know it's 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 exciting it's it's crazy that we're you know we start gpac play as early as we do but you know we're going to be ready for that challenge and, and like you said yeah we're gonna take it one at a time but that's uh that's an exciting game to open the gpac with and not only do we have Concordia coming to town, but going to be the first time this year we have a men's and women's doubleheader and what better spot than to have that here at the Newman Flanagan Center. So big week ahead. Tuesday night, we'll start there. Just a men's game that night. Uh, Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock at the Newman Flanagan Center against Mount Mercy. Like we said, really good ball club coming to the Flanagan. So want to get there uh, early and get loud for Mount Mercy. And then you look to Saturday, men's and women's doubleheader. The women's game on Saturday is going to tip off at the Flanagan Center at 2 o'clock with the men's game to follow at 345. So two more chances this week to get to the Newman Flanagan Center early in the season and watch some really good hoops as we kick off the GPAC season here. And Coach alluded to it here earlier on the podcast in the episode here, but very special guest joining us now, senior guard out of Harrisburg, South Dakota, really good basketball player on the floor, but even more importantly, even better dude off the floor, number 24, Nick Hoyt. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, before Nick jumps on here, I, I mean, you said it, Bobby, I mean, Nick. Nick's had a heck of a career. You know, he's inching closer and closer to becoming a thousand point scorer. Um, I think he started games every year he's been here um, at, at some point or another. Um, and, you know, he, he's a really good player, but he, he's a better person and he is a player. He's a great leader. Um, since the day he stepped on campus, he's tried to do everything we've asked him to do as a coach and staff. And as you know, that that's a luxury. Um you know, he's a great student and, you know, I can't say enough good things about him. So, I, you know, Nick's been on the podcast before, but uh, excited to have him back. Well, without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest tonight, senior men's basketball player. Crazy to think he's a senior already. Nick, I remember when I was at the Cliff still, you were still coming to games on your, uh, I think it was before you committed coming to games with your parents and stuff like that. And here you are, a senior, but joining a senior men's basketball player, 
Nick Hoyt. Nick, what's going on, man? Well, not a whole lot. Just uh, watching some college basketball. I think it's opening night tonight for at least the Division One. So taking in some of that and some Monday night football. But other than that, just relaxing. Heck yeah! Who's uh, who's your college team? Who uh, who's Nick Hoyt rooting for? You know what? I don't have a favorite college team. I just kind of root on the local teams. Gotcha. Nothing wrong with that. Well, hey, Nick, I, I just touched on it here in a little bit, kind of said how it's crazy to think that you're a senior already. Does it seem yourself like these last four years have kind of flown by? I mean, can you believe that it's already senior year at the cliff? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely flown by. Um, you know, it's been a pretty fun ride, but it's definitely gone by uh, too fast. Um, but like you said, I, it feels like yesterday I was just coming on all my recruiting visits. Um having conversations with guys like you. So yeah, it's just, it's been crazy how fast it's gone. Well, Hey, it's good to know conversations with guys like me. You still committed and you're still at the cliff. So that's, that's awesome. But Hey, before we get talking about these first three games of the year, I, I do want to touch on uh, the senior squad and, and this brotherhood that you guys have created and started throughout this whole process. What is it meant to be a senior and have this kind of leadership with this many guys uh, to start the year coming off a team that uh, won the GPAC last year, made the national tournament run? What does it mean for you guys to not only have those higher expectations, but to succeed what you did from last year? Uh, yeah, it means a lot. I mean, um, you look at our squad, we've got a bunch of guys back, a bunch of guys with experience, um, and we just got to take that experience, try and pass it on down to the younger guys um, and try to leave this place better than when we came in. And I think that's what we're all trying to do. And um, yeah, we just got to take uh, everything we've learned and just pass it on down. For sure. And I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, so talking about your time before you committed to Briarcliff, you came from a very successful high school program uh, from Harrisburg, South Dakota, uh, played for some great teams in your high school career. Kind of walk us through that process of how you first heard about Briarcliff, the, those final days before you committed and that decision to ultimately commit to Briarcliff. Kind of walk us through that here a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I actually heard about Briarcliff when uh, Will Johnson um, committed. Um, he was two years older than I was. Uh, so I was just a sophomore, but um, a little bit after that in the AAU season, um, I started having conversations with coaches, um, Coach Figuera, Coach uh, Jake Shapley. And um, yeah, I mean, the whole recruiting process, I was pretty set on coming to Briarcliff. Um, I just thought, you know, the family oriented feeling that they had here and uh, just the style of basketball fit me really well. So um I kind of, I kind of knew I was coming the whole time, and um, I coach will tell you he he was probably thinking I was going to commit a little earlier than I did, um, and that was probably a little frustrating for him. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely made the right decision coming here. Well, that's a hundred percent true, and I remember sitting in your kitchen at your table with your parents talking about Briarcliff. You'd already been on campus. You played open gym with the guys. We sat there. We watched film, some of the things we do with <laughs> our guards. And I thought I was mad at you when I left because you didn't mm -hmm. commit, and I tried to push for it. Yeah. And you, you drug your feet for another month after that. 
Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I easily could have committed that night, but, you know, it's an important decision. I had to sleep on it a couple more nights. Yeah, a couple more weeks. <laughs> now, a, a question I have that I think a lot of people have, too, so tremendous three-point shooter uh, you are, Nick. When you see an offensive style and philosophy like Briarcliff Cliff has with the Princeton offense and the amount of three-point shots that they get up a game and like to take, when you're a guy who is making his college decision, do you look at that? Do your eyes light up? Is that something you're just like, hey, yeah, I'm going to fit in pretty well here? Oh, yeah, for sure. That was definitely a huge part Um in my decision-making process, you know, uh, just knowing that my play style was already going to fit in the system and like, I didn't have to change anything drastically. Um, it definitely was eye-opening and intriguing. So, you know, I would say any of those high school guys out there interested in Briar Cliff um, or NAI, NAI basketball who could stroke it a little bit. Um, this is definitely a place you'd like to play. Yeah, and we, we get coaches' perspective all the time about not only the NAIA, but more specifically the GPAC and how every single team top to bottom can go out on a night and get the other. As a player, how how awesome is that to play in such a top to bottom competitive league such as the GPAC when you know that you're going to get every single team's best shot every single night, doesn't matter if we're at home in the Flanagan or if we're on the road, what does it mean to play like in a conference that's just so competitive and so well-known and respective throughout the country? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, every night it's going to be a dogfight. Um, the atmosphere pretty much in every single gym is going to be awesome. Um, and like I said, you just got to bring it every night. And I think I I definitely take that over being in a league where you can have a bad night where – you take a couple plays off and you still may come out on top. Um, I think it's just better for everybody. It's better for the programs, um, the fans, everybody involved to just have competitive basketball pretty much night in and night out. Now, now with the GPAC on those notes, you as just a lethal shooter, when you obviously are at the Flanagan center, you'll love it. It's the home, the home court atmosphere, that shooter's eye. When you're on the road, what's your favorite gym to play in that you're you're walking in there like, all right, yep, I'm gonna go get some tonight. Oh boy, that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know what? I would probably say the Corn Palace just because um I played there every year in high school. Um and it's always good going back to the home state. But yeah, and I, I think I've shot it pretty well there over the past four years so yeah i'd say the corn palace didn't you make six threes there as a freshman yeah we lost Subtle. that game it was a close game but uh yeah we did lose yeah you came off the bench and made six threes yeah not a not a bad way to uh start a a freshman career in the opposing gym just banging some six threes that would <laughs> that would get me pretty fired up too yeah well, I, I want to transition now into this year uh, off to a two and one start. Uh, I kind of talk about you a little bit specifically here, maybe not off to the best start that you would have personally probably liked uh, at that weekend up in Madison, but boy, 
What what an absolute bounce back here this last Friday. I'm sure it had to feel pretty good, not only for you, but for the whole squad to to get back into Flanagan Center and uh, have a little chip on your shoulder that you still got something to prove and you got a heck of a ball club in, in William Penn preseason number seven coming into the Flanagan. I mean, you had a huge bounce back game, very efficient, 23 points. Talk about not only yourself, what it meant to kind of get on track for you, but just having that early season statement win for you guys early in the year bounce back from that little loss yeah I mean personally like you said I didn't shoot it very well uh last weekend in Madison but you know that happens um I've gone through stretches like that before uh you just gotta stick with it uh keep shooting and uh eventually they fall uh as a team uh yeah last weekend was definitely very disappointing and um you know this whole last week we came in with the mindset that we had to be really focused and uh be really detail oriented. And, um, we definitely had that chip on our shoulder and I think that definitely paid off for us. Um, obviously came out with that huge win and we just gotta let that carry over and, uh, keep the momentum going. And a huge bounce back here last Friday against William Penn. And we moved to this week and this is a big week ahead because not only do we have a really good non-conference team coming to the flight again on Tuesday in Mount Mercy, but, you don't want to overlook an opponent because you got to take it one step at a time. But hey, you look to Saturday. We start GPAC basketball, and, and we're at that time of the year. It's awesome, and we have a team that we're very familiar with. Team that we've had a lot of really close games and battles with. Concordia coming in, who we shared the conference title with last year. So, with this week ahead, like I said, you want to take it one game at a time. But hey, man, we got a big week coming ahead. What's kind of your thought process heading into this week here? Um, well, you know, playing here, I think we're pretty used to big weeks of basketball. Um, pretty much every week we've got, uh, either nationally ranked opponents or teams that are going to be playing in the national tournament at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, tomorrow night is going to be a tough one. Um, that's a team we lost to last year. So, uh, we definitely need to redeem ourselves there. And then talking about Concordia, that's always a fun one. I mean, their fans travel well every time we're together it's it's a pretty good atmosphere um and they're a tough team and uh we're just gonna have to be ready to go and it'll be a fun one so nick you know bobby asked about your time at briar cliff you know this season all that but when it's when it's all said and done a few months from now what are you gonna miss more the basketball or the constant comments from me about your height your athleticism (laughs) Um, and anything of the like there. Definitely going to be the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, those uh, those comments are awesome. Like You can never have too many of them one day, so I enjoy them. Now, Nick, are, are you a guy that will, for road games, go on Coach Figuera's bus, or are you on the Coach Forbes bus? Which bus are you rocking with for the road games? I've been on Forbes bus all four years. No, no he, he point never, whatsoever of transferring got, over. Never, he never got elected to come over to yeah, our bus. I was never good enough. It's a selective <laughs> process over on bus number five. I wasn't a good enough, uh, you know, player. No, you're definitely not. Also <laughs> how, tried to how, teach you hearts one time, and it was a joke. Yeah. yeah so just off of hearing that, are your card skills just pretty subpar? We have high standards on my bus, um, Bobby. It doesn't mean he's bad at cards. It just means he's not up to snuff. 
Yeah, I mean, I dabble with a little bit of blackjack and some some uh, Texas Hold'em, but I've never played hearts before. Who's who's the best player on the team when it comes to cards outside of the coaching staff? Oh boy, Iris Eyeshide. Really, wicked, yeah, right. wicked, that's, good that's... card player. Yeah, smart. Uh, kind of subtle, funny. Um, you know, if you accuse him of uh, making a bad play, he gets really defensive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he's good. We uh, you know, on our bus, we we have a power rate rating for card playing, and you know, he's consistently up at the top. So that's a that's a no brainer for me. You know, I I don't know what goes on in the other bus. Nothing. We plug our ears because Forbes plays his music too loud. I know, I know that in the in the basketball program, bowling is another thing that uh, is a team building exercise. Do a lot. Guys get together to do bowling. How is uh, how are your skills in the lanes? You you pretty good, pretty good bowler. I'm very average. That's what I would say. Very average. Very, very inconsistent. You know, every day I show up to the lanes, it's going to be a, a different uh, different form out of me. I haven't uh I haven't stuck with one. I can't I can't figure it out. So So are yeah, we at least cracking for, for for a guy who's an elite three point shooter with you would think good muscle memory, <laughs> good form, you know, it doesn't translate to the to the lanes. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm just not I'm not bad, that's for sure, but I'm just nothing special. Are we even clipping a hundred? Like yeah, are yeah. we yeah, we will. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, that's still respectable. If we can get in the three digits, I mean, you'll take it. Oh, yeah, any day. Who, who's the best bowler on the team? Outside of the coaching yeah. staff, the self-proclaimed coaching staff, I think, right. are the best. Who you know, won I, last year, Nick? It's got to be – I don't know who won last year, but um, Connor Groves is pretty good. I mean, your team won, but – Shocker. We're talking outside of the coaching staff. I think it's Connor Groves. No yeah. shocker there. That team was stacked, probably. Yeah, who, who was on your team? When you have the best, you know. It's just <laughs> uh we, we we graduated a couple good ones. Thomas Hensley and Carson Kruger were pretty good. But currently I think Nick's probably right. It's probably Connor. Yeah, he'll he'll go on a hot streak where he'll just rattle off like five strikes in a row. Yeah, Con- Connor's bowling game is kind of like his basketball game, you know, <laughs> capable of just five incredible plays in a row or five strikes in a row. So, Nick, on a on a serious, well, not serious, but more serious topic, you know, when you when you get to the point you're at, and you know you're in your senior year, been through it a lot. You know, one of the things I think about is is just the relationships you have along the way. And I, I feel like you have a pretty special thing where from almost day one, you and Connor Groves and Quinn Vesey are really, really tight, you know, and, and our whole team is, I think. But, you know, you three from day one came in the same class. You three guys all played some role as freshmen. Um, you know, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's been awesome. I mean, and we've all – We've all grown, you know, differently each each and every year, but um, we've done it together. Um, and you know, we we we've lived together the whole time too. So 
our relationship off the court um is just as good if not better and uh you know we're we're definitely going to be best friends for the rest of our lives and you know i wouldn't i wouldn't want to graduate uh with the guys anybody else now nick last week we we celebrated halloween and i know coach figuera is not the biggest of believers in halloween what are your thoughts two part question what are your thoughts on halloween and then give me your mount rushmore of halloween candy um you know halloween's a good holiday i mean i i never really do much for it but i respect it it's 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 a good holiday um and then my mount rushmore right now would be uh blue raspberry uh fruities uh Reese's Pieces cups um 100 grand chocolate bars underrated candy bar very good and last one um probably sour gummy worms i have heard in my lifetime my fair share of mount rushmore of candy that might have been the most unusual Mount Rushmore. I mean, I no respect. I I like all of the the ones you said. That might have been the most unusual Mount Rushmore of candy. I mean, you started out with a blue raspberry fruities. I don't know if I've ever heard someone put fruities on their Mount Rushmore candy, but that's respect. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, that that one's questionable. The other three, I can. I, I mean, can it's get on similar board to Laffy Taffy, Coach. It's just yeah. broken up into little pieces similar but you know you don't that's get the superior. jokes either that that's uh huh. that's part of the allure of the the laffy taffy wow you know and if, if if you ever you know worked your way over to bus five you'd know all about the <laughs> laffy taffy jokes yeah that's a, that's a that's a staple of a uh road game gas station stop everybody gets one. Oh yeah i know i can we could see you through the window and you toss them out to all the guys <laughs> Yeah, now, gently and not aggressively right. thrown at people. Right. Now, Nick, I know a, a massive thing at Briarcliff throughout the athletics department is how each team will go root for and cheer on uh, other teams and friends and, and vice versa and whatnot. What does it mean to go to a school that, for example, against William Penn, you look up in the, the Blue Crew, and you can name uh, people there from each and every single team. And I know you guys support baseball, softball, volleyball, um, soccer, all that stuff. What does it mean to have that same love and respect uh, coming down to the Newman Flanagan Center, being a part of the absolute rampage that is the Blue Crew? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. We're really lucky. Um, I mean, those guys on Tuesday night, they had a huge imp- – or Friday night, sorry, they had a huge impact on the game. Um you know, just bringing energy, um, even getting in the heads of other players. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty awesome when you can look up there and see that many people supporting, um, you know, on a Friday night early in the season too. Um, you know, when we get to tournament play or late in the season, I mean, the numbers just keep getting bigger. And, yeah, we, we try to do our best too to get out to games and show our support because, um, like I said, we're lucky. They don't have to do that. And, um you know, we really appreciate it. You know, some people think it, it might be a little cliche, but going back to this last Friday, for example, when you have a, a student section like that and just a crowd in general, 
Do you do you consider them to be a six defender on the floor when you're out there, just like another element to everything that's going on? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just the way they act, it gives us energy. Um, we're able to fly around, you know, a little a little bit faster than usual, and uh, you know, just when they get really loud, um, messes with the communication offensively too. So definitely has an impact on the game. Yeah, well, hey, appreciate the time. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. I'll be down, though, sometime, so I'll be seeing you. So Great. good talking to you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, see you, dude. Yep, see you guys. And rolling right into that, we are going to move to our shout-outs of the week here. Hey, Coach, how about you start us off here with your shout-out this week? Yeah, this one's easy. Um, you know, our student section, the Blue Crew, they were absolutely awesome. Uh, Friday night in the home opener, um, you know, keep bringing it. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Blue Crew. Wasn't able to be there in person, but watched online. And, yeah, you could tell that that place was rocking. So shout out to the Blue Crew. In my shout this week, I'm going to do kind of a two-for-one. Uh, two guys very familiar with Briarcliff basketball, two really good friends of mine. want to give a shout out to Jay Wolf and Eric Erdman. I know both those guys in Sioux City and in Siouxland doing some Big time stuff right now. I know Eric with Sunnybrook Church doing some awesome things with the high schoolers and the college kids. And then Jay Wolf doing the director of basketball ops for United Sports Academy. So both those guys doing big time stuff in and around Siouxland. So I want to give a shout out to those guys and keep up all the good work. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of BC Buckets podcast. Once again, massive week again for the Chargers here Tuesday night at home against Mount Mercy at 7 o'clock at the Flanagan Center. And then on Saturday, the first chance to see the men's and women's doubleheader against GPAC team. Yes, that's right. It's that time of year. The GPAC Concordia Bulldogs coming to town. The women's game will tip off at the Flanagan at 2 o'clock with the men's game to follow at 345. So, well, until next week, Coach, we will talk to you then. Best of luck this week. Let's go 2-0. Let's chat next week. Sounds great, Bobby. Bobby.